With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. There you will stand, sweet strong. I will say, along with Swiftcast, your headphones blaring our podcast. Nothing is sweeter than Swiftcast. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 103 of SwiftCast. This is Nate. Ashley. Steph. Ashley. And Adam. And we have a really cool episode coming up for you guys today. But first, we want to talk about something really exciting. If you guys have not heard already, a few pictures have been released for the Bad Blood music video. Have you guys seen them yet? Yeah, I've seen some. Seems like Taylor's having every single celebrity alive in the video. <laughs> I've seen so many photos of people like Zendaya, Cara, Kendrick Lamar, Haley Williams. There were rumors that Selena and Carly were there, Ellie Goulding. So it'll be interesting. Last week we mentioned that maybe Taylor filmed something when she was in London for the Brit Awards with the photographer Damon Baker. And it's still possible that maybe she filmed part of it there with Kanye or something, if he's actually even involved. Who knows? It'll be a big surprise. Yeah, there's definitely still a lot of speculation about who is on the remix, and then we get all these pictures of all these celebrities, and I'm really curious to see you know, how they film this music video and how all those celebrities and Taylor's friends fit into the video and what kind of role they have. With the photos of Kendrick, I was thinking, oh, what if he's the one who actually did the remix? Who knows? But it also looked like Taylor had these cool extensions in, and her makeup looked really interesting. Yeah, it looked like they were going for some sort of tribal Egyptian warrior look. I don't really know how to describe it. (laughs) It seemed like everyone on set was dressed up really elaborately. You know, because it's about Katy Perry, it might be some sort of homage to her entire, like, Prism album theme. Album theme. Oh, yeah, and all of her crazy outfits. Oh, yeah. Nate, you're so smart. Oh, Oh, stop it. (laughs) I didn't think of that. I think that's a very strong possibility. I read somewhere, not that anything is confirmed, but there was a lot of, I guess, female combat in the video, like women fighting with swords or something. I don't know. People seem to think that's what's happening. I thought I saw something about samurai swords. Yeah, now that you mentioned that, the picture that I saw of Haley Williams, it made me kind of think of like a ninja or some kind of, you know, fighting scene based on the outfit that she was wearing. Well, as we saw from the style video, I think that music videos in this era aren't necessarily going to be exactly what you would expect from the song. Taylor's really tried to take as creative of an approach as possible with all her videos, so there's really no telling what this could be like. Do we happen to know any sort of release details or anything like that yet? Well, they said that the single would be official the week of the Billboard Awards, right? Right. The impact date is May 19th, which means when it will officially be on radio, it probably will be on radio before then. So I think she's going to release the video on May 20th perfectly in line with the kickoff of the U.S. tour. Just makes sense. And Ashley pointed out before that 22 was released on the day Red kicked off the music video for 22. So that would be cool to do that again. Nice. Well, I'm definitely excited to to see uh, how it all unfolds. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. I think it's a great choice for a single. I think it will do very well. Well, I did something exciting this weekend. What did you do this weekend, Ashley? I went to Notre Dame, which is about an hour and a half away from Chicago. And I saw Austin in his play last night. Woo! That's dedication. Supporting all of the Swift family. (laughs) The whole family. Mm -hmm. (laughs) After Taylor tweeted that, I mean, I knew that Austin went to Notre Dame, but when she tweeted it, it made me look up how far away it actually was, because I didn't know, and it turned out to be pretty close, and 
I wasn't doing anything, so I thought, why not? So I went last night, and the play is called Dead Man's Cell Phone, and Austin had a pretty big role. It was really cool getting to see him acting at his school. So what was the play like? I don't really know how to classify it. I feel like it was sort of a hybrid between a drama, comedy, and almost like fantasy. It was a very unusual plot. Basically, it was about this guy who dies and a woman, a stranger, finds his cell phone and then all these people start calling the phone and she's answering and one of the people is the guy's brother who's played by Austin. And so then she gets to know this guy's family and then she goes off to another country to try and conduct business for this guy who died and then she gets killed by this lady but then she comes back to life so that she can be with Austin. Wow. Nice. <laughs> That's quite a plot, really. Taylor should write a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> How did Austin actually do as an actor? He was really good. He had a lot of time on stage, and I would have loved to see him, I don't know if he sings at all, but in a musical or something, I feel like that would be awesome. But getting to see him in more of a dramatic role was really cool. It also said in the program that he is a film and television major at Notre Dame, which I didn't know. I wonder if he's double majoring in that and something else, because I thought he was studying business. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's something he'd like to do on the side. Well, I did see that Andrew and Scott went to see the play earlier in the week, so that's good. Yes, I heard that they did, and unfortunately, it doesn't look like Taylor got to catch one of the shows, but it only ran for a few days, so I'm sure he understood with everything she has going on right now. She had a busy week this week. Overall, that sounds like a really awesome time. I'm sure you're glad that you went. Yeah, I would definitely go see him in another production. I'll have to keep my eye out if he does anything else. Well, one more piece of news before we move on to the rest of the episode is our giveaway that's going on right now, which is on our Twitter at SwiftCast13. The tweet is pinned at the top of our page, and if you retweet it, it's open worldwide. You could win a rare 2013 Billboard magazine with Taylor on the cover, and that ends on April 26th, a week from today. So make sure you enter, and we are going to announce the winner on next week's episode 104. So now this week we're going to put a twist on our older tweets segment and talk about Taylor's older tweets from the ACM Awards. Yes. Do you realize Taylor has been attending the ACM Awards since 2006? It's really the award show she's attended the most out of any. And sadly, tonight was probably the last time she'll go, for the foreseeable future at least. But it's really fun to look back on these old tweets. The first one that we have is from April 18th of 2010. Taylor wrote, I painted a tiny 13 on my wrist with eyeliner. Wish me luck. Or vote? Question mark. And then she encouraged fans to vote for her for the ACMs. Oh, back to the days when she painted the 13 on her hand all the time. <laughs> well, the next one comes from the following year, April of 2011. And Taylor tweeted, Just woke up and saw that Taylor Swift ACMs is trending. What a wonderful surprise this morning. I bet it's trending again now. Yeah, probably something to do with her acceptance speech was trending today. Well, on April 3rd, 2011, same year, Taylor also tweeted, in hair and makeup, getting ready for this fancy award show. And she looked gorgeous that year, as she always does. Our next one is from April 1st, 2012. Taylor tweeted, just got to Vegas, dot dot dot, my luggage tag. And she posted a picture of her luggage tag, which had a number 13 on it. And also a picture of the um, Vegas skyline from her hotel, I think. Yeah, you're right. Now that I'm looking at that picture, I believe that picture is from the MGM Grand, which is where the ACMs were for many years. And that is a picture of the rest of the Las Vegas Strip from the MGM. And what's cool is the following year, she tweets on April 7th, 2013. So this is happening right now in my hotel room. And it's a picture of that same Las Vegas skyline. So again, from the MGM Grand, but it's of Meredith. <laughs> Playing dead. Laying on, like, the windowsill, playing dead. Yeah, just just completely lifeless, just <laughs> in her hotel room. And it says, voteacm.com. <laughs> Meredith looks very enthusiastic to be in Las Vegas. I can't believe that was so long ago already. Next, we're going back to 2009. 
April 23rd, Taylor tweeted, I've just been informed that it's Taylor Swift Day in Evansville, Indiana. Now I'm painting a 13 on my hand for good luck. First night. That was the first night of the Fearless Tour, wasn't it? Yes, I believe so. Yes. The next year, in 2010, on April 19th, Taylor tweeted, Just watched my dear friend and co-writer Liz Rose marry the love of her life at the Little White Chapel in Vegas. Love. Aw, Liz Rose. Such a phenomenal songwriter. Especially when you put her with Taylor. She covered a lot of songs with Taylor. So many. Well, our last one from April 23rd, 2012, being the girl sitting alone in the cafe taking a picture of her latte, if that's a thing. And I remember this picture. I'm pretty sure this was from Fido, which is a coffee shop right in Nashville near where she lives. Also in this picture, she had the Wonderstruck coin purse on her table, which everyone was looking for after that. And they ended up adding it to her website because it was so popular. Cool. Do you have one? I do. I never use it because it's so special. <laughs> Nate, do you have one? <laughs> I do actually. I never use it because it's so special. <laughs> I have to say, I do not have one. Missing out. <laughs> I don't have one either, so I guess I'm missing out as well. <laughs> so, those are some fun tweets. But now we're going to be moving along to our next segment Keeping Up with Swift. So tonight, the night that we're recording this, was the ACM Awards, and I hope many of you watched Taylor accept her award tonight for the Milestone Award, and it was a really touching, just like heartfelt award acceptance, basically. What happened was they showed this video montage of Taylor at each of the ACM Awards beforehand, and before this video, I hadn't realized that Taylor, you know, like Steph said earlier, had been to every single ACM Awards leading up to the date. Yeah, this was, I think, emotional is the best way to describe it. Seeing the video montage of Taylor throughout the years, Mama Swift was in the montage, Taylor's iconic performances, like the first time she did Should Have Said No, which was insane. I remember just sitting there watching it and just being astounded. And I almost died when I realized the video included footage from rehearsals for tour. Also, that was pretty insane. Yeah, we weren't able to get a huge glimpse, um, but it was really the first time we've seen anything out of tour rehearsals. It was really just a couple second clip that showed Taylor facing the stage and then turning around to face where the crowd would be and kind of like in a mid-dance move. So it was really hard to interpret what specific song it might be, but it was good to, to get a peek. I think you interpreted every single second of that clip. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> we are going to memorize those hand motions and figure out what exact song it goes <laughs> later. Yeah, I almost didn't catch it. I actually thought it might have been some footage from when she had like videos and pictures from rehearsals for Red. Yeah, I had to rewind it because I was in shock that they were actually going to show this. So I watched it several times. And I thought that was going to be the best part of the entire award acceptance. But as soon as the video presentation was done, the best day actually was the trailer into Mama Swift coming out and introducing Taylor. I was in so much shock. Oh, my God. Seriously, yeah. Emotional, touching speech given by Taylor's mom. And here, actually, we have some short clips from Mama Swift's speech. And now to present the Milestone Award, please welcome Taylor's mother, Andrea Swift. Thank you. I've watched this Milestone artist from the time she was a tangled-haired little girl growing up on our farm, full of imagination and creativity, until right now as she prepares for her next world tour. And ever since then, her favorite thing in the world to do has been to write a song, tell a story, play a guitar or a piano. And I've seen those things carry her through every emotion, every experience in her life, good or bad. Now, every once in a while, her dad, her brother, or I find ourselves to be the subjects of those songs. Sometimes we're merely the inspiration. Like the time she was 17 years old, and her dad and I strongly disapproved of a certain young man, and rightfully so. 
But she was mad. She was real mad. And she went to her room and she closed the door. And she came out about an hour later with a song called Love Story. For many years, I was her constant companion. And I witnessed a young girl with very few friends become a young woman with many learning to stand up for herself and the things she believes in. Being brave enough to explore her musical curiosity, having a voice against those who hate, and giving of herself to those in need. And like Many of you out there tonight with children of your own, I am a very proud mom. So I'd like to thank the ACMs for honoring her in this way, but I'd also like to thank the entire music community for taking such good care of her. And to the fans, I know. I know you love her as I love her. And for that, I thank you eternally. And so, it's my pleasure, my pride, and my joy to introduce my daughter, Taylor Swift. I wasn't expecting Mama Swift to come out and present the award to Taylor. Like, I actually thought it was going to be another country artist kind of speaking about Taylor kind of thing. So I was, it was just such a special moment when Mama Swift appeared and presented the award to her daughter. Yeah, after I saw, for example, Kelly Clarkson presenting to Reba, I was thinking, oh, wow, I wonder which singer it would be. Would it, will it be Faith? Will it be Tim McGraw, Kenny Chesney? I was so glad it was Mama Swift. That was just so perfect. Oh, speaking of Tim McGraw, wasn't that great how they showed the clip of Taylor performing Tim McGraw to Tim McGraw for the first time, and then she goes up after the performance and shakes his hand and goes, Hi, I'm Taylor. Yes. (laughs) Such an iconic moment. Andrea looked great. She looked really beautiful in her black dress. She did. And her speech was so great. Taylor's face during it. She was sitting with Scott. Yes. Taylor definitely looked emotional during the whole thing and taylor's speech was also so great she's so kind to everyone in the industry and she just seems so thankful that they understand that she went a different course with this album and and everybody has accepted that i just thought her speech was so well done and we actually have a clip of her speech because we want you to hear just how amazing it was in case you missed it so you can hear it for yourself right here uh somebody once told me that you truly see who a person is when you tell them something they don't want to hear. You truly see who a person is when you give them news that they weren't expecting. And so to the country music community, when I told you that I had made a pop album and that I wanted to go explore other genres, you showed me who you are with the grace that you accepted that with. I will never forget it. I'm so happy so happy that I learned to write songs in a town like Nashville. I'm so grateful that I learned what hard work is from my heroes who are all sitting here. And I'm so unbelievably proud that I learned to treat people with kindness and respect from country music. I love you so much. And to the fans, I will see you. I'll see you right here in this exact stadium in a few months on the 1989 World Tour. See you soon. I love you. I think my favorite part of the whole speech was what she said about you can see the way someone truly is when you tell them news that they don't want to hear. And I honestly had no idea where she was going with that or what she was going to say, but she tied that into how the country music community responded when she told them that she was going to make a pop album and how accepting and supportive everybody has been and I thought that was really cool. 
Yeah, I think Taylor's had just such a huge impact on country music, really changed the genre, made it cool. She brought so many new fans to the genre, and I'm really glad they decided to honor her with this. I was a little concerned that people would criticize her for being at the award show and complain, say things that really get under my skin like, I thought we got rid of her, why is she here? And so part of me wondered if she just wouldn't even bother to show up because she thought it would just result in a bunch of criticism. But I'm so, so glad she came and it seemed to me like everybody understands why she got this award. She truly, truly deserves it. She's changed the face of the genre and her impact will be seen for years to come. Absolutely. Well said. So if you guys haven't seen Taylor's ACM speech at all, you can find it on YouTube, but I'm sure it's going to be all over the social media sites and everything for the coming days. So it should be pretty easy to see if you guys missed it. So our next bit of news, a wonderful surprise for you guys. If you guys have not already heard Taylor Nation. Oh man, I'm excited. Taylor Nation squad on tour. Yeah, they made this secretive announcement about how they had this announcement coming up at 7.13 Nashville time. And so we were all sitting around all day speculating, like, maybe Taylor's going to add Fifth Harmony for dates when Heim's not there. Some people were saying maybe they'll take requests for B-stage songs. Maybe they're going to add more dates. All kinds of crazy theories. So I'll admit it was a maybe a little anticlimactic announcement there. But it should be pretty cool because they're going to have a booth and you can go visit them. They said they'll have surprises there. Maybe they'll give away some merchandise or something. I'm excited to see what it's like. We'll have to see once the tour gets started uh, what it's all about. I'm betting it will be very crowded at their booth. It seems like they're going to have a booth, right? Yeah, I think that's what they said. Seems like they'll have a specified area where you can go. So expected to be crowded, but should be exciting. So yeah, all sounds really exciting. I think it's going to be a welcome addition to the 1989 tour. In other news this past week, Wildest Dreams is featured in a new Toyota commercial from Asia. And if you haven't already seen it, it's really awesome and amazing. Do we still have a link for this? Unfortunately, the video was taken down. Yes, it was. And so we don't. But it was really good if you didn't get to see it. And hopefully it will come back. I think maybe somebody leaked it prematurely. So we'll keep an eye out. If there was ever a way for a commercial to make me want to buy a Toyota, I think this one (laughs) did it. (laughs) I just thought it was so funny because we always say how Taylor uses brands that she actually likes, food that she actually eats. And I just can still remember back when Taylor started and was getting success getting recognized and she did this interview and they were asking her about her car and she said she still had her Toyota and she named it Toyot and she was like well yeah its name is Toyot because it's a Toyota (laughs) I love that she supports brands that she actually uses because a lot of other people probably just do it for the money and publicity so kind of makes me want to buy one too I just thought it was so funny tying the lyrics of Wildest Dreams into a car that you're fantasizing about. (laughs) (laughs) Toyotas can be really tall if you get an SUV and handsome. Well, our next bit of news, Chart News has reported that 1989 is the first album to sell 1 million copies this year in the United States in 2015. We're not even talking about 2014 when it was actually released. 2015, it is at 1,015,000 albums. Isn't that incredible? That's amazing. That's awesome. And it came out, you know, months before 2015 even started. And the fact that it's almost 5 million to date is great. I've mentioned before that people are projecting it could be up to 7 million by the end of the year. I hope that happens. Just in the U.S., 7 million. Well, my favorite piece of news from this whole week was, as we, I think, already knew, Taylor was on Time's current list of 100 most influential people. But what they did was, for each person on the list, they had another fellow celebrity write a piece about why they admired that person. And Mariska Hargitay, who plays Olivia Benson on SVU, wrote the little page for Taylor and said some really nice things. She wrote, Taylor Swift, megawatt talent, an extraordinary spirit, an impossibly charming blend of impishness, poise, and radiance to spare. All of it combines to rock me back on my heels every time I see her, both literally 
and figuratively she's a woman who writes her own songs that makes for music that's personal of the moment and impossible to resist i'm amazed at how much earned wisdom taylor threads into her work she seems tuned into the greater good and she embraces thoughtfully and authentically the chance to contribute to the world i'm always trying to find the best words to talk to my kids and myself about growing up but you can't top her beautifully articulated advice the haters are gonna hate but well shake it off she illuminates our inner music that lets us dance to our own beat along with her staggering list of accomplishments perhaps the most exciting thing about taylor is that she's just getting started with what she plans to mine from her fierce curious boundlessly talented and beautiful heart also it doesn't hurt that she named her cat after me (laughs) (laughs) that's a great little piece taylor must have been thrilled fangirling over this Well, Taylor was also involved in another way in Time's list of 100 Most Influential People. Taylor wrote a piece about Ina Garten, who is one of Time's Most Influential People. And I believe that Ina Garten is a chef who has become very famous. And I know Taylor has spent some time with her in the past. Yeah, Taylor talked about how Lily Aldridge introduced her to Ina five years ago because Lily was talking about how she made this great fish. And then Taylor went and picked up Barefoot Contessa and just fell in love with Ina and her recipes. It was a really nice piece that Taylor wrote. In other exciting news, for the 22nd week, Taylor was number one as Billboard's Artist 100 chart. And so that's a lot of weeks to spend at number one on the Artist 100 chart. It's just a really big accomplishment. She actually holds the record for the most time on top of this chart. And actually, Billboard made this chart just in July of 2014. And the only other person to have been on the chart for a while is Sam Smith. And he's been number one for three weeks. And Taylor's just gotten her 22nd week, so... Kind of gives you some perspective. (laughs) That's awesome. I wonder how long she's going to actually keep the record going. 89 weeks. (laughs) Nice. Let's do it, Taylor. So anyway, uh, we're going to be moving on to Taylor's upcoming schedule. We have some pretty awesome things coming up in the world of Taylor. So coming up this week on April 25th, they have the Radio Disney Awards, and Taylor is nominated for Best Female Artist, Best Song of the Year for Shake It Off, Best Song to Dance to for Shake It Off, and Most Talked About Artist. Well, our next little bit here, arguably the most exciting thing on Taylor's schedule in the coming month, May 5th and 6th, 1989 world tour in tokyo first tour date i don't know about you guys i'm extremely excited i cannot wait to see what taylor has in store for us oh it's getting so close we're almost there feels like we've been waiting ages (laughs) can't (laughs) wait can't wait to see the stages and the costumes and the set list and everything after she comes back from tokyo she's going to be in las vegas at the rock and rio performance Also performing that night will be Ed Sheeran, Echo Smith, and it seems like Taylor will be the finale, the big final act of the night. And there were rumors that she will be performing the full 1989 tour. It's not confirmed yet, though, so we'll keep you updated with that. Either way, it's going to be exciting. The fact that Ed will be there is awesome, too. Yeah, maybe we'll get a little old version of Everything Has Changed, like the Red Tour. It would be really cool if she brought him out on stage for that. Well, two days after Rock and Rio will be the Billboard Awards on May 17th. And it is not yet confirmed, but it does seem likely that Taylor will attend. And no word yet on any type of performance. But we certainly hope uh, maybe she'll take one of the songs from the 1989 World Tour and bring it to the Billboard stage. That could certainly happen. Bad Blood. Yeah, Bad Blood Remix. I think that would be the likely candidate if she were to perform. It would be so cool to see that for the first time. When she's nominated for so many awards, that would be great. And the awards that she is nominated for are Top Artist, Top Billboard 200 Artist, Top Billboard 200 Album, Top Hot 100 Artist, Top Hot 100 Song, Top Female Artist, Top Radio Songs Artist, Top Digital Songs Artist, Top Digital Song, Top Streaming Artist, Top Streaming Song Video, for Shake It Off and Blank Space, Top Social Artist, and the Chart Achievement Award. And wow, that was a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to clean house at those Billboard Awards. Absolutely. What year was that? 2012? Where she won eight of the awards? 2013. 2013? Mm -hmm. And she couldn't carry them all. She was dropping them. 
<laughs> and the rumor is if she wins at least eight out of these categories, she'll have beaten Garth Brooks for the most Billboard Awards ever. That's what I read somewhere. So let's hope she wins at least eight of those. That would be a great achievement. And we can help her get one of those. All of us fans can start voting for the Chart Achievement Award on April 28th at Billboard.com. So moving forward, we are going to move into our mini segments. Our first Swifty problem comes from at Shremkoff on Twitter. And he said, what are the odds anyone else on my JetBlue plane is listening to 1989 right now while we're waiting to leave? Hashtag Swifty problems. Hashtag Swifty calculations. The <laughs> uh, Swifty calculations. <laughs> <laughs> Nate, that sounds like something you'd be interested in. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I probably would be sitting there doing that. I'm not going to lie. So <laughs> I bet the odds are pretty high, though, that on whole plane, at least one other person besides you is listening to 1989 or Taylor. Yes. It has to be. Our next one comes from um, Q Swifty. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. They said, I've had red stuck in my head for the past three weeks. Hashtag Swifty problem. Hashtag rhyming game strong. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> that song has good rhyming. Well, is it read the song or read? I think they meant read the song. Probably. And that song is pretty good at rhyming. So our next one comes from at Hannah underscore Sarno underscore 13 on Twitter. Missing Taylor Swift 13 and the whole secret session experience a lot right now. Tear face. Hashtag Swifty problems. And our next one comes from at SportSwifty123. I had a dream that I met Taylor Swift. If only it was true. Swifty problems. Someday. Just keep trying. And our last one comes from at SwiftySam13. And they said, I heard our song in Cracker Barrel today. I was happy and no one else cared. Swifty problems. <laughs> It's so hard when you're in a restaurant or something and Taylor comes on and you just want to dance and sing and everybody at your table doesn't even notice. That's the worst. I've actually been hearing Today is a Fairy Tale on the radio quite a lot. It's unfortunate because I really cannot sing along to that one in public. It's, un it's unfortunate. <laughs> that wouldn't be weird at all. <laughs> So thanks, guys, for sending in your mini segments for us. If you guys have anything to add, of course, you can always contact us and let us know. We will give you some details later in the episode. So now it's time for my favorite segment. I think also Adam's favorite segment. Oh, yeah. The fashion segment. And both Nate and I will take care of the fashion segment for you all today. Boom. Tag team in this one. So to get us started, on April 18th, Taylor was out and about in New York City, and she was wearing a Miss Patina Jacqueline dress, and that price was found in euros, and it was $69.80, but also was found on sale for $59.80 euros. And in addition, she was wearing Jimmy Choo Iris Patent Square Toe Pumps, and those can be found for $675. That was a great outfit. Our next one was actually the same day where she was ironically spotted leaving the spotted pig. Anyway, uh, in New York City, April 18th also, she was wearing Prada suede point toe pumps in green, which for $650. Those are also available in blue if you guys can afford those and decide you want a little bit of choice. She was wearing a green Ellie Saab Spring Summer 2012 purse. No price on that, unfortunately. She's also wearing a misguided Rena Retro Print Tailored Blazer. Only $50 for that one. And you can find it on sale for $40. And finally, she's wearing a Lulu Frost Plaza Letter S necklace valued at $375. I love that necklace. Then at the ACMs, Taylor wore a gorgeous blue Rem Acra gown, and she wore shoes from Brian Atwood. They're called the Tribeca Leather Platform Sandals, and those are $895. And along with that, she wore Luna Rosa earrings, along with other jewelry by Melissa Kay, and she just looked so gorgeous. I love the whole outfit. Oh, seriously, yeah. That's one of my favorite dresses to date now. She looks really good in that color blue. Mm. Yeah, and it was kind of similar to the dress she wore to the iHeart Awards a couple weeks ago, but I think I almost like this one better. So tough to pick. 
It's funny because when you look over the years of all of Taylor's outfits at the ACM Awards, really, she always says that with her fashion, she wants to be able to look back at pictures and not cringe. And you can easily look at all of those photos from so far back, 2006, and she just looks great in all of them. She has such great fashion sense. Well, as always, a big thank you to tastewhipstyle.com for providing us with our fashion updates. So now... For our main discussion for the episode, we are going to cover, in honor of the 1989 tour coming up, we are going to go back and discuss the Red Tour and everything about it. So, uh, some basic facts about the Red Tour, if those of you who were not around or care to remember or what have you. So, the Red Tour officially kicked off. It was March 13th, fitting, of 2013, and it ran for uh, a little over a year until June 12th, 2014. There were seven shows in Asia, six shows in Europe, 66 shows in North America, seven shows in Oceania, which would be Philippines and surrounding area, for a total of 86 shows. And the ticket sales actually pretty impressive. Taylor ended up grossing $150.2 million off of the Red Tour. I remember reading at the end of 2013 or 2014, I forget, it was the second highest grossing tour of the year. Only U2 beat her. So that's a big deal. You know, it's honestly incredible that U2 still does as well as they do. They're a great band. I'm just shocked. Yeah, I think their tickets are very expensive, which has a factor. Oh, is that why? Mm. This year, you choose doing something where they kind of reside in a few cities throughout the country and have a bunch of shows in one city. Should be interesting. I think no matter what, the 1989 tour will be one of the highest grossing tours of this year for 2015. Of all time. Of all time. <laughs> Not even kidding. And Taylor did have a lot of great openers, actually, for the Red Tour. My personal favorite opener that she's ever had, Ed Sheeran. A lot of people went exclusively to her concert just to see Ed, but ended up leaving very happy. Some other people included Florida Georgia Line, Austin Mahone, Joel Krause, Brett Eldridge, Casey James. And then, of course, a lot of other openers in the other countries, too. So I'm talking exclusively with U.S. there. And then this girl named Taylor came on. I don't know if anyone remembers. <laughs> Oh, oh, right. <laughs> Not really the highlight of the show, just the part of it. <laughs> and one thing I wanted to note, I remember, and I don't know if you guys remember, but back at the Speak Now tour, before Taylor came on, you know, there's music playing in the background. The song that came on before Taylor took the stage was American Girl by Tom Petty. Is that right? By Tom Petty, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then during the Red Tour, after Ed was on, and while they were setting the stage for Taylor, and the music was playing over the loudspeaker, the very last song that came on before Taylor came on was not American Girl, but American Woman by Lenny Kravitz. Yes. Wasn't that so cool how she did that? That was one of my favorite things about the tour, honestly. And I keep thinking about what it's going to be now. I just can't decide. American Cat Lady? <laughs> <laughs> It should be like Queen. Maybe maybe it will be like Royals by Lord. I'll be your Queen Bee. Ooh, that would be appropriate. That would be a good one. Yeah. <laughs> she's not an, just an American woman. Now she's like Queen of the World. Somebody should write a song called that so that she can use it. <laughs> queen of the World. <laughs> Taylor will write her own song about that. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I've been listening to the radio this week and I'm just like sitting in my car and picturing what songs I can see like playing before Taylor comes out and like everybody dancing and stuff. Another great one that she had before she came out for the Red Tour was Icona Pop. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Those are the two I immediately think of when I think of Red Tour. Yeah, that's just a great loud song that got people very pumped up. They played that one during, uh, it was the, the crowd. The fan cam. The fan cam. Thank you. And I was so hoping Icona Pop would come out as a special guest at some point. It just didn't happen. But for this tour, I think a really good one that would be similar to that Icona Pop song to get people pumped up is that Shut Up and Dance by Walk the Moon. Yeah. I could see that. That would be a good one. That's becoming very popular. It's on the radio all the time. Yeah. I think people would get really excited. I hope they do a fan cam again. That was always so much fun. 
I remember at the first two red shows in Omaha, they did this thing where they took a panoramic photo of the whole crowd and then it was on Taylor's site and you could look for yourself based on your seat and even, I think, maybe download a copy of the picture, but then they stopped doing it. They didn't continue that and I was disappointed. Yeah, I didn't get to do that either. I was disappointed about that. I was at those two shows where they did it, but I wasn't actually in my seat at the time that they took the photo, so I was not in it either. But I feel like they probably are looking for so many cool things to do that they could definitely do something like that. And also, I'm just expecting that all the songs played before the show will all be songs by Taylor's friends. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting to hear Fifth Harmony, Ed, Sam, Lord. I feel like that'll be the whole soundtrack. Yeah, Ellie Goldine, Selena. <laughs> Yeah, that'll be good, though. I'm excited. We should take a bet on next week's episode, so we have time to think about it, of what song we think will be played right before she comes on and see if any of us get even remotely close. Mm. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) And you all should tweet us or email us. Tell us what you think. You probably have some good ideas. Yeah, what will be the song that is playing right as the lights go out and the curtain starts to raise? If that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will. I want to die just thinking about that. Email me specifically. Just let me know what you guys think. And then I'm going to steal your ideas and use them next week. You know, I was thinking, and I'm a little disappointed about this, that because the opening shows in the U.S. are in stadiums, I remember when I went to the first show of the Red Tour, because it was in an arena, you guys might be able to picture, whenever you are going into an arena, before you go into your seat, when you enter the main entrance of the arena by your section, there's usually like a curtain that they open that you walk through. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And I just remember when I was going on my way in for the very first Red Show, stopping right before the curtain and just like taking a deep <laughs> breath, like, oh my god, I'm about Taking to see in. what the arena for the Red Tour looks like. And then going in, it was just so amazing. And then when I walked in, there was red logos everywhere and seeing the stage for the first time. The stadium kind of takes that away a little bit because everything is more out in the open. Oh, it does, yeah. I forgot about that curtain because I've been to more stadium shows than I have arena shows. Oh, man, I cannot wait. 1989. Almost there. I don't think I'm mentally ready in any way. (laughs) (laughs) Is everybody's reaction on May 5th when we hear about the Tokyo stuff? Everybody's going to be like, RIP me. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) definitely. That will be trending worldwide. (laughs) So just to briefly run through the set list of the Red Tour, it was a pretty awesome set list. Of course, the famous show opener, State of Grace. Everyone remembers the the curtain dropping and Taylor being there in that spotlight of, of glory. She followed State of Grace with Holy Ground, did an awesome drum performance with that, I remember. So after Holy Ground was read, obviously, the album was named after this song. It was really cool. She did a lot of guitar. She had that red sparkly 13 guitar, I remember. And there was a lot of, I'm not sure what the dancing type is called, but flag waving, you know? Uh, I wish I was more literate in my... As a band geek, we called them silks. Silks. There we go. (laughs) Well, after Red, she came out with a very unique version of You Belong With Me. It was like a Motown jazz style. Really cool twist on You Belong With Me. After that was The Lucky One. I remember specifically just the the long red gown that she wore and just like the dramatic stage performance that went along with that. After The Lucky One, her hit Mean. And when she did Mean this time, it was a solo performance. She actually sat out in the middle of the catwalk on, it was like a treasure chest, and she did like a banjo performance of Mean. It It was very cool. Song 7, which unfortunately was later removed on the set list, it was Stay, 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 and uh, it was a mashup with Ho Hey by the Lumineers, and it was really cool. That was one of my favorite songs on the set list, and I was sad to see that it was removed. I was so sad, too. I remember Amos acting like a goofball as he's playing the bass, you know? That was great. Afterwards, it transitioned into 22. There was a really cool video beforehand of Taylor as she grew up. Uh, It was really well put together, and it it transitioned into her turning 22, and she came out, and that was the song, actually, that she walked through the crowd with over to the B stage. So I remember, depending on the show, they either carried her or she just kind of walked through. But anyway, very well done. Well, this is really cool for a lot of people, myself included, especially if you had tickets in the right area. For the B stage, Taylor always performed a special surprise song that she changed up every night. Sometimes it was from the current album, Red. A lot of times, though, it was from her previous albums. You got to hear a lot of classics, you know, Tim McGraw, White Horse, Teardrops on My Guitar. Basically, she went through her entire discography, and it was always this acoustic set that she did with these songs. It was awesome. 
that was definitely one of my favorite points of the night and favorite points of the night for a lot of people. So just to see what she was going to sing. So after that, Taylor brought out Ed Sheeran actually up on stage, up on the B stage, and they did a duet of their well-known song, Everything Has Changed which was always really cool. Sometimes I'd wear a funny hat and things like that. He always made it into a cool little performance. So after that, Taylor did Begin Again. The B stage actually rose up and spun around as she did this, this nice rendition of Begin Again on the acoustic guitar. And after that, she actually transitioned into Sparks Fly, where she flew on a platform back to the main stage over the audience, which is really cool. After Sparks Fly, back on the main stage, my favorite performance of the entire set list was this one. I knew you were trouble. It was really cool. It was like dark and gothic and flashing lights and the dancing was always on point. I agree. That was a fan favorite. I've said before about how I could see Wonderland being sort of like, I knew you were trouble. And when Nate just said flashing lights right there, of course, the lyrics of Wonderland. Mm -hmm. The lyric, (laughs) right. (laughs) That was another one of my favorites. I loved how dark and the change up she did with it was so cool too. Speaking of favorite performances of the set list, this is a lot of people's favorite performance. I always very much looked forward to it. Uh, it was very emotional always. A piano performance of All Too Well. And that was close to a lot of fans' hearts, for sure. Afterwards, she did her, of course, her go-to, her Never Fail song, Love Story. She came out and she had Prince Charming and, you know, did the whole uh, Love Story rendition. Coming near to the end now was Treacherous, and it was really cool. Taylor wore a black leotard with white tutu, and the catwalk actually raced up from the stage. It was really cool, and she did the entire performance on this catwalk. It was very cool. And finally, the closer to the entire set list, of course, the famous song, We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. And I'm sure a lot of you who, even if you did not even go to see the Red Tour, are familiar with this one, because it was the iconic, really, song of the Red Tour. It was Taylor in her red ringleader outfit. Everything about this song was was the perfect closer. So it was definitely, I mean, all in all, an excellent set list. I found that every time I was at the show, when it became time for Sparks Fly, I would start to get really sad because I felt like the last five songs went super quickly after that. Yes. Oh, I know. Seriously. It's always like, oh man, it's ending now. <laughs> it's just like, no. <laughs> sort of in the whole first half of the show, I would always be anticipating getting to the B stage because I'd be so excited to hear what the surprise song would be. So I would almost in my head be like you know hurry up i can't wait for the b stage even though i obviously loved every other performance but then by the time she'd get there and when she'd start heading back i'm like the show's already over even though there were already five more songs it just seemed to fly by so quick yeah i felt the same way for really every tour after the b stage songs i always started to get depressed there is such a thing as like post-concert depression yeah oh absolutely there is (laughs) i suffer greatly from it But we found the cure, which is always just find another concert. (laughs) It's true. The problem is when the tour ends. And so when the Red Tour was over, we were lucky enough to go to the final show in Nashville. And then it was major post-concert depression. (laughs) And to think that we're finally here. Finally, it's almost time for 1989. Well, what were some of your guys' favorite songs from the set list? Did you guys have any? Oh, so many. I am with you. I really did love the Trouble performance along with All Too Well, which is really lyrically probably will always be my favorite song, just if you only look at the lyrics. Oh, for sure. Mm. I think the best part about All Too Well, that performance, was how emotional Taylor got every single time that she played that song. You could really, I mean, her face was always zoomed in on the big screen, the Jumbotron, and every time it got to the climax of the song, she just was basically in tears. You could always see it in her eyes, so very, very uh, emotional song. I think since Taylor writes all of her own songs, it's so easy for her just to put herself back in that place of how she felt when she wrote those words. And it's good that she can do that, but then you also just feel terrible because she looks so depressed. But I think she knew it was lyrically a masterpiece and really wanted to share it with us because so many of us relate to that song, too. Yeah, I love the emotion that she had in that song and the one line, which you probably all remember. I love it how she takes this line and she basically shouts it. That's how emotional it is. And it's the line that goes, hey, you call me up again just to break me like a promise. And then it cools down a little bit with so casually cruel in the name of being honest. But she basically shouts that first line and it's so intense and it's just awesome. 
And it's so funny you mentioned that line because I remember just reading about how during Speak Now rehearsals, Taylor actually just wrote all too well during that time. And I guess Andrew was there and was telling people how that was the line that really struck her. I guess Andrew got to witness the whole thing and the band thought she was rehearsing like a Speak Now song and realized, oh, no, wait, she's writing a song right now. Wow, cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely my favorite performance i think maybe of the whole tour but the other ones tied with it for me from the red tour would have to be 22 and holy ground yes holy ground is incredible last week i mentioned how i love seeing taylor on percussion i was a percussionist myself and i love that she can do so much everywhere not just piano guitar banjo she truly rocked out on those drums for holy ground and then regarding 22, um, I love just how fun of a vibe that song has. You know, it was the transition song to the B stage and you had all the dancers. And once they got to the B stage, they were all up there and just having a great time. And that's such a, a party anthem song. It fit perfectly for a transition. Yeah. And I never got sick of seeing the video of Taylor as a child. I memorized every single word from every clip in that video. And I just loved it so much. And I thought the dancers really did such a great job. I mean, in the whole show, but especially in this number, I loved the routine that the dancers did after they went to the B stage. Oh, it was so well coordinated, those dancers up on the B stage. Do you guys remember at, it was one of the last Nashville shows when they all were pounding on the ground? Oh, that was so cool. That was the coolest thing ever. They were basically bowing down to Taylor. (laughs) Was that the first night in Nashville? I think it was. Yeah. Like I said, queen of the world. Well, I have to say for me, I really enjoyed getting to see Stay, 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 because as Nate said, it, later on during the tour, it had gotten taken off the set list. Um, it is just a, such a fun song like to get to watch her perform, and she came out like in a Letterman jacket and everything, and I just really enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It actually made me like the Ho Hey song a lot. I downloaded it. Oh, for sure, right? I've always wondered why it was cut. The big mystery. I think sometimes maybe cities have ordinances about how late you can go and maybe the show was running too late, but I don't know. I really liked that song. Well, there were so many amazing guests throughout the Red Tour. It seemed, well, it definitely was the biggest number of guests I think that she's had on the tour so far. I think so, yeah. I think she's going to top it with this one, though. Did you guys have a favorite guest? I was really lucky. I got to see Patrick Stump of Fallout Boy and Hunter Hayes. Oh, that would have been awesome. So I actually got to see two, and previously I had never seen any, ever. So that was really cool, but I have to say, seeing Taylor perform with Carly Simon, You're So Vain, was, I wasn't there personally, but seeing it on video was incredible. Because Taylor has been talking about Carly Simon, You're So Vain, for so many years. She's tweeted like years ago about how she and her family always debate which person Carly Simon actually wrote this song about. So it was like seeing Taylor's dream come true. It's really cool. Can I be bold and say J-Lo? Jenny from the Block. I mean, come on. How awesome was that performance? (laughs) Jenny from the Block. Every time I think about that song, it just gets stuck in my head. That's all I can think about. That was truly awesome. I loved how Taylor explained that that was her hairbrush song. Yes, she did. (laughs) Yeah, I was lucky enough to see the last three in Nashville, which were Luke Bryan, Rascal Flatts, and Hunter Hayes. And I loved Luke Bryan, but if I could have picked any of the guests to have seen, I probably would have picked either Patrick Stump or Pat Monahan. Drive-By was Pat Monahan, right? Yeah, that was yeah. in New Jersey. Such a great song. And one that we haven't mentioned yet that I really liked was Atlanta when B.O.B. came and they were able to do Both of Us. Maybe this year in Atlanta, they'll be able to do that again, I wonder. Because he's come out twice now, right? In Atlanta? Yeah, they did airplanes on the Speak Now tour. Mm -hmm. No wonder, keep the tradition going. Honestly, though, if I really had to pick my favorite, I would pick Ed. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I see Fire in Germany and Lego House in England. Those were both incredible. Another thing that's funny to think about, just because... Bad Blood is coming out as a single now. When Sarah Bareilles came out, Taylor did a whole introduction and she made this speech about how unique and original Sarah's song Brave is. And it was around the time Katy Perry's Roar song was coming out and people were accusing Katy pretty much of copying it from Brave because I guess they sound sort of similar. (laughs) 
And so once bad blood came out on Tumblr, people remember and figure this stuff out. I don't know how, but they were posting on Tumblr like, oh, remember that time Taylor sort of shaded Katie in a way with that intro speech. But (laughs) that's a great song, too. That would have been a really cool one to see live. And then some of the other guests we haven't mentioned included Nelly, Neon Trees, Cher Lloyd, Ellie Golden in the U.S. and in the U.K., Gary Lightbody for The Last Time, which became the music video for that song, Rascal Flats, and then also in the U.K. was Sam Smith, and he was a new up-and-coming artist, Taylor liked him, and now look where he is. I had no clue who he was when he came out on stage for her. Mm. I was like, who? (laughs) They did Money on My Mind. I've still never even heard that song. (laughs) Yeah, and then his next song just blew up. Well, now let's take a moment and we're going to talk about some of your guys' favorite moments that you submitted to us. So our first one comes from at Martha Hart's Day. Her favorite moment was, in all caps, Carly Simon at Gillette. Simple and to the point. Boom. (laughs) Our next one is from at Lissa13. I walked up to the sound booth and a guard told me to leave, but Andrea was like, no, leave her alone. And she hugged me and told me that Taylor loves me and that she also loves me. Uh, our next one comes from at Jen Fearless 13, and she said, Grant's guitar pick landing on my shoe. That's pretty cool. Mm, I never did get a guitar pick from Grant. Also, we have one from Red 13 Taylor 1 on Twitter, and they said, when Taylor sang All Too Well, it was so emotional and it's one of my favorite songs. I think all of us can certainly agree with that. Well, our next one is from at Parallel World 18, and they said, her All Too Well performance, acoustic performances, And I knew you were trouble because it's so bomb. I like that. It's so bomb. Agree. Nate also agrees. We didn't mention it earlier, but the bass in that song was just incredible. It was so loud and thumping. Yes. Oh, it was. It was awesome. Especially when you were in pit. (laughs) Just like, boom! Like, what just happened? (laughs) Our next one comes from at Stew 19 They said, when Taylor said, I'm going to try and pronounce this, Mahal Kita Manila, which I believe translates to, I love you, Manila. And this is when Taylor was in the Philippines. And it says, Philo Swifties gone wild that night. Smiley face. Yeah, she always tries to learn a little bit of the language, which is awesome. So our next one comes from Mary Swifty 12 on Twitter. Going to my first ever concert at hashtag Red Charlotte and hearing her perform Tim McGraw live. That is pretty awesome, I gotta say. I was fortunate to hear Tim McGraw live also in Toronto. Our next one is from at Tori Swift 13, and she said, Seeing Taylor for the first time live in Fargo. I got a guitar pick, too. It's pretty awesome. Well, all I know is that as amazing as the Red Tour was, I have no doubt in my mind that the 1989 tour is going to top it. No doubt. Agreed. We thought that it would be hard for the album to top Red, but it did by a million light years. So I just can't even imagine what the tour is going to be like. Yes, send us your predictions because next week we're going to be giving our final predictions because that's it. We're two episodes away from tour. Remember to send us your ideas on what will be the final song that is played over the loudspeakers before Taylor takes the stage. Well, as we mentioned, make sure you send those in to us, your predictions for next week, and just some reminders to go along with that. First of all, if you have not already, you should definitely hit the subscribe button on iTunes, and that'll download all our latest episodes for you automatically. And you can keep in touch with us throughout the week on our Twitter at SwiftCast13, on Tumblr under SwiftCast13, Instagram.com slash TheSwiftCast13, Facebook.com slash TheSwiftCast. You can always email us at TheSwiftCast13 at gmail.com. And all of this is also on our website, which is SwiftCast13.com. And iTunes, since we've now passed 100 episodes, will only show you our last 100 episodes on iTunes. So if you ever want to listen to any older episodes, you can also do that on our website. So to wrap up our episode, next week, Taylor will do what? I think she's going to win some Radio Disney Awards this weekend. I think so. I don't know that she'll attend, though. She's got some busy days finalizing everything. Oh, for sure. I think we won't see too much of her. I think she's going to be just holed up, making sure everything is perfect. 
I think that she's going to go in the studio and start writing a song called Queen of the World, which will be on the next album. <laughs> she needs it done now, though, so it can be the intro song. Well, I couldn't think of a, a real good prediction, so I've said it before, and I think some of the other hosts have mentioned it before, but we got a sneak peek at the 1989 tour rehearsals at the ACMs on Sunday, and I predict that we will get some other type of picture or information about the tour. Fingers crossed. I think, from the pictures we've seen, I think Taylor's going to go out to a restaurant, maybe when she's not doing rehearsals or something, and she's going to be wearing a similar outfit to a friend of hers. (laughs) (laughs) Not intentionally, of course. (laughs) All right, guys, so for episode 103, this has been Nate. Ashley. Steph. Ashley. And Adam. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next week. See ya. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Peace out, Swift Scouts. Thank you for listening to this episode of SwiftCast. Visit us on the web at theswiftcast.com. The theme song for SwiftCast was written and performed by Sydney and Chuck. SwiftCast is not directly affiliated with Taylor Swift, Big Machine Label Group, or 13 Management. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.